Content warning. This episode of D&D and TV... Content warning. This episode of D&D... Content warning. This episode of D&D and TV contains discussions of eating disorders. Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the podcast where we talk about shows that we really enjoy, rewatch the episodes and um, talk about how some of the themes, concept and characters can be used in different role playing games. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by Meek who is running towards a helicopter trying to catch her friend before she leaves for Paris. Yeah, it's classic. And you know what the sad part about this is, again, not to be spoilers, but, like, that is not the first or last time that scene is seen in this show. Just with the two characters, with Blair and Serena in particular? Not necessarily Blair and Serena, but just, like, the amount of times that they are flying off somewhere on a whim. Like, yeah, that actual, do. whatever that set is, I like, I think I could describe it verbatim without seeing it again because it's it's appeared so many times. It does seem like it's a good a- troop, right? Yeah, it it's a it's a trope that people use a lot of the time, usually in romantic comedies. Uh, it's interesting to see it in a teen drama, and um, I think the OC did it a couple of times. There was one what? where that. You haven't heard of the show? No, I was I was watching good shows like Gossip Girl. Yeah, see, uh, the OC was actually a show that Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage did before Gossip Girl, huh. because we are talking about Gossip Girl, uh, the two thousand and seven series. It's like a practice from... show. Sure. Uh, from Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, the the teen drama um, from 2007, and this week we are talking about episode 13 from season one, A Thin Line Between Chuck and Nate, uh, which was directed by Nolan Buckley and written by Felicia D. Henderson. And this is the episode where Gossip Girl takes pleasure in reporting that Serena has been spotted buying a pregnancy test and word spreads like wildfire. Oh my gosh, I wonder who Gossip Girl is. That is a who good... would do such a thing? That is a good question, Meek, because while we are a spoiler-free podcast, there is one spoiler that we need to get out of the way because this is revealed in the final episode and we are re-watching the show uh, with mm-hmm. this information in mind. And that information mm-hmm. is that Dan Humphrey, uh, Lonely mm-hmm. Boy, as Gossip Girl mm-hmm. refers to himself, as is actually Gossip Girl, is this um, investigative journalist of Gossip Girl. Uh, and in this one is a li- is probably the worst. Actually, you know what? We're going to kick it off. We're going to kick it off immediately okay. because the first okay. scene in this is yeah. Gossip Girl having a voiceover and talking about. I can't. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think it's like something like whoever sees. It's it's not about what happens. It's about who sees what happens or something. And it's yeah. Serena buying a pregnancy test and someone seeing her and mm-hmm. taking the photo and sending it into Gossip yeah. Girl. To yeah. which Jenny Humphrey, Raggedy McGurchin Waffles. Mm. Um. Squeals. She hasn't been in it for a few weeks, has she? Because I haven't heard you utter that phrase for a little while, and it's been nice. You've missed it. You've missed uh, Raggedy McCutcheon Waffles. We always miss Raggedy McCutcheon Waffles. Oh, God. Okay, sorry, continue. I don't think she was in the last episode at all. Didn't Was not missed at all. (laughs) Anyway, she sees this report on Gossip Girl. She's got the laptop out, and she shrieks. Like, this is a Mm. squeal of of shock like someone just stabbed her favorite stuffed bunny or something and 
I on rewatch I realize that she actually shouts out Dan. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting that she shouts out Dan. Like you have to come and see this because either everyone's viewing your your new message or your girlfriend's buying a pregnancy test. What the fuck? Uh, and of course. Ah. So do you think do you think there's a potential that Jenny knows that he's Gossip Girl? Yes. Or oh, yeah, I think shit. at this point she knows he's Gossip Girl. Um, and she's like, oh my God, Dan, you just, you just added your girlfriend buying a pregnancy test. What the fuck? So she's, she's shrieking out Dan, or she's just trying to get him to come in and see that his girlfriend's buying a pregnancy test. But it does backfire on her because not only does Dan come in, but Rufus, their father comes in as well. Um, and wow. Wow. Rufus mad. Rufus so mad. Is Rufus mad or is Rufus disappointed? He's very disappointed, actually. There is a, I, yeah. before we get on, there's a really cute moment where Jenny's trying to hide what she's looking at because she realizes Rufus mm. is in the room and neither Dan or Rufus realize what's going on. So they just kind of pick up the chair that she's on and move it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was just a really cute moment. Little, little family moment yeah. before the, the ton of bricks that is yeah. a pregnancy scare for a teenager uh, comes crashing down. We also just take a moment to appreciate what a gorgeous chemist that like she's not in like CVS or like you know Walmart or Best Buy like it is like there is like wood paneling it is like a if I was Upper East Side and I was going to buy a teenage buy a pregnancy test I guess that's where you go. I wonder if it's like just a specialty store that has like all the it's a very Upper East Side thing it's like all the things that you need but you don't actually want to be seen buying. So it's like, well, Maybe. you can get your toilet paper here and you can get your pregnancy tests and you can get your hemorrhoid cream. It's that kind of thing. So you're in this wonderful environment, but um, it yeah. doesn't look like the place where you buy these things. It checks out. Because, yeah, that was, was even, again, rewatching it, I remember, I think I've had this same conversation like the first time I watched it. I was like, damn, like, no, like, you know, if you walk into like, what's the chemist warehouse, it is not that classy here in Australia. It's not. Well, then again, she's... by fluorescence and... She's Upper East Side, so she's not going to the discount places. She's going to, True. she pays full price for her she pregnancy pays. tests. She's not going to Costco and buying that shitty bulk. No, no. Maybe she should <laughs> if what we hear about her in um, in other episodes, or the rest of the episode is true. I mean, it seems like something that she, I mean, it's probably good. They don't go off. Like, have as many pregnancy don't tests they? as you need. I don't know. I don't know how they work. So how many how many do you expect to need to use? It's like the kind of thing that do you want to have to go out and buy, or you've got one ready to go. Fair, I'm. Yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> I enjoy. Don't wait every... any further on that discussion. <laughs> There's some really good reactions from people when they find out this news. I mean, Jenny's is probably the best one with this little shriek. Yeah. Um, but I also enjoy Eric's one. Where yeah. he's he's just talking to Serena, who has no idea what's happened, and he's like, "How could you not tell me? What on earth are you thinking? Is this a joke? Because it's not funny." It's like he's the most he's the most eighty year old six like how old yeah. is he? Fourteen? Yeah, he's the most eighty year old fourteen year old I've ever seen on television. He's the most probably responsible member in Gossip Girl. He really is. He's probably the best adult. Yes, true. Because uh, Rufus's attempts at adulting is not great. He becomes. W- your mother and I have done everything for you. We've sacrificed so much to make sure you get the best education. We're not going to see it ruined by becoming a teen dad. And it's yeah. like, this is, it's a very special episode of Gossip Girl. And we're only three minutes in. Yeah. 
Rufus is just like, we did not pay all that money to send you to private school for this. That's right. We don't have funds for a creche. <laughs> of course they do. There's so much room in the art gallery and the in the loft. They could easily put it's a true. kid in there. You don't want to raise that kid in the in the um in the hotel where Serena lives. So that's something. True. And or near Bart Bass, but you know. You know, Rufus went through this type of scare when he was the same age as Dan. Did he or did he? Because this comes up later as well, where he talks about his earlier attempts at dating, which he, I can't remember the exact wording, but he's like not dating. It was more a, I believe, I thought it was onslaught of women, but I guess we'll cover it when we get there. Yeah, this anyway. is what I'm saying, that there was an onslaught Rufus, of women and he just, he probably got like six or seven of them pregnant. Say? Oh, he, he was, I'm gonna say, I did not like him either. Rufus, this episode, he's like, we'll, we'll talk to him when we get to it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll we'll save my rant for when we get there. We'll keep going because Dan also yeah. realizes that um, he does his his very special moments. Like whatever Serena decides to do with her body, I will support whether she wants to keep him because I love her. And he's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I said those words and that means so much to me. And Rufus is yeah. like, I do not care about your teen drama. Don't get girls pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I Rufus doesn't even acknowledge because he's like, did you hear what I said? And Rufus is like, did you hear what I said? <laughs> yeah. Rufus. I don't get- he does not care about Dan's teen drama. Not in the slightest. He's great. No. I mean, for now. But also the reactions of people at school. There's um, this yeah. moment when Serena's standing there, um, just where they're like, hey, mom. And she's like, yes, I'm pregnant. It's yours. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great. Uh, and this gives a Dan an opportunity to talk to her and be like, oh, and she's like, I'm, oh, he, he blurts out that he's um yeah that he's he loves her so much and she's like yeah i'm not pregnant so you don't need to do that um yeah. also i need to meet blair bye awkward yeah. yeah she just hung around long enough to be like it's not it's fine i'm not <laughs> see ya yeah. yeah uh and i think as soon as we know that serena or as soon as serena's saying i'm not pregnant i feel that we all know who the pregnancy test is for yeah so, who else is it going Absolutely. to be for but blair mm. So when uh, Serena shows up at the steps, at the steps of the Met, which, um, yeah. as we've discovered, is actually quite a number of blocks away from the school uh, when you do the Google search for where the school is. Yeah. I'm impressed how quickly they get there. Um, that's that's very well done. But also you don't mm-hmm. just have lunch on this. I mean, they've got all the town cars and all the, the chauffeurs and stuff. So I guess that's why they're able to just go from one place to the other anyway jenny shows up first and sits down with blair and sits a little bit too close to blair she's like no no just go down the steps and jenny starts to realize that um yeah the hazing is ever isn't ever going to stop that blair is never going to like her she is feeling the l woods to uh whatever her boyfriend was that she was never gonna be good enough for what was his name warner God damn it. That's right. I knew it Warner. was like Warner. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so Jenny is the Elwoods to, to Blair's Warner, Warner Huntington III. Mm. This does not destroy my theory that Blair has been grooming Jenny to be her new girlfriend. Is this because of the whole thing that like when a boy likes you, they're mean to you? Sure. I was going to say because you've just compared them to a couple I mean, dysfunctional couple and a toxic <laughs> one, but yes, that is exactly what, what the problem is. Anyway, Jenny gets fed up with it and just goes, cool, I'm out of here. And we get a couple of shots of the new new members of the of Blair's posse 
or courtiers, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. who I think have had lines before, but we haven't been introduced to, and it's Hazel and Penny or Penelope for um, for those wondering. Mm. Yes. And I don't think we find out their names for quite a while either. It's like, for some reason, I can't remember the other two, Katie and the other one, um, but Hazel and Penelope I'll always to. remember. I'm not even wasting a live Google on that because you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need it's to. It's fine. And when Serena arrives, there's all this awkward silence. The all just going, hi, how are you? And Serena's like, I'm not pregnant. They're like, oh, that's great. Let's go out to a drink then. Yeah. <laughs> great. That's totally awesome. Yeah. Um, so and Serena pulls Blair aside and says, so are you going to say anything? And she's like, no, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And Serena calls yep. her on this and says, when something does not go to plan for you, you pretend it does not exist. Here is a pregnancy test. Take the damn pregnancy test. We need to know if Chuck or Nate got you pregnant. Yeah. Which. Yeah. I like how Blair deals with this. I, I get it. That's great. I mean, it's future it's... Blair's problem. Oh yeah. Not I mean, problem. I, I can understand that, but it's so unhealthy. I mean, it's not that I don't do is it. it? But it feels like it is. Mm, I don't know. Sounds pretty clever to me. Sounds like a way to really manage anxiety on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think no. I think you're right there. When it, well, here's where Blair doesn't do it healthily. That mm. managing anxiety like this on a day-to-day -day basis is going okay. There is a point in the future. I can't deal with this right now, but there's a point in the future where I can mm. deal with it and I can work my way up to building with it. So I'm going to set a time mm. and that's when I'll deal with it. Whereas Blair just is in full denial and says, I'm not going to deal with mm. it ever because it's not actually happening. Yeah, because if it's future use problem, by the time it gets to future you, if it's no longer a problem, you didn't have to deal with it. Cheers, Blair. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's not realistic. I think everyone relates to this. It's just I've had the light on in my car for three years now. Nothing's happened. I mean... It's you, fine. Sure. Sure. Um, what we really take away from this is that Blair <laughs> might be pregnant and that she does not know whether it's Nate or Chuck's. Yeah. Is this something you, to bring this to D&D, &D, yeah. is this something you stay away from in games? Because I know like- Pregnancy? Writing backstories. Yeah, like I've had a couple of things, like ideas of like in backstories I've written for PCs or even like NPCs, but I get really, because I think it's such a, I don't know, it's such a topic that for some people can, you know, be extremely mm. emotional mm. or have like, I've tended to now, my, my personal thing is I just, I don't know, people just magically, procreate in my worlds because it's you never see anyone pregnant there's no one like yeah so it's have like you ever had to deal with this in game basically your games are like a um a victorian children's novel where children just sprout <laughs> out of the ground yeah yeah uh, stalks lettuces yeah no, no i i do something similar actually yeah. uh unless it is relevant this is probably feels maybe erasure but like you said that pregnancy is something that is fraught for a lot of people that it is can be a really difficult mm -hmm. time uh, and i don't want to trigger anyone i don't want to make them yeah. feel bad if they're trying to get pregnant and can't or just have had bad experiences whatever uh so yeah pregnancy unless it's vital for the plot does not show up in my games mm. um I'll, yeah i might have npcs or something be like yeah this such and such isn't available um because they're recovering from from giving birth or they're off on maternity leave or paternity leave or something but that's about it that's more like a plot reason <laughs> to to get rid of that npc yeah. for a little while um, rather yeah. than really dealing with the idea of yes, you're a teen parent. Yeah, but in I backstory, always have this story. Yes. 
Really? See, even yeah. in backstory, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to take it out because ugh, it just has a different weight. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I've even, I've changed, yeah, whole stories based on, but also because I play a lot of bards, right? And unfortunately, mm. bards have a stereotype that goes along with playing a bard because they one do. is high charisma usually. And then like also uh, playing a female bard, I'm like, I just never, ever, ever want a DM of mine to be like, roll for fucking- Roll for pregnancy. Like, I, don't, I don't want that in my game. Like, I just See, don't. I don't want to deal with that in game. You All can right? just assume that there are herbs, magical or otherwise, that are able to- <laughs> That'd work be the as a contraceptive. Magical item. I mean, isn't yeah. this isn't this a thing that did exist in our world and the Romans wiped it out? That these were there's herbs that were quite healthy and safe and worked as contraception, and the Romans was loved them so much that they basically ate them to extinction. No way! I've never heard this before. This is this is the the myth. I'm not sure how accurate it is. We'll get a historian on some point and ask. Or just check a history podcast or something like that. Anyway, I I just assume that these herbs exist in my world so that everyone can okay, do whatever totally they fair. want with whoever what they I mean, want and they're probably you can get so many magical items in D D, surely there's like a magic item out there. Because like bards exist. So yes. everyone, everyone goes bards. I feel that rogues really should be. I 100% agree. To be honest, every bard I have played, despite being like, so my last bard I played like long-term, I must've tried at least eight or nine times legitimately to like set up a date with someone. And it was always the time where I spectacularly rolled a one or a two. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. every time. And it was, it's- It's Murphy's Law. Yeah. It's like as soon as- It is. As soon as the person who's really good at the thing tries to do the thing, they're going to fail. Uh, and everyone yeah. else will just wander through. Um, I remember yeah. there was there was a um, a meme that was going around. It was the standard horny bard, and like a mm. demon shows up, and the party's like, "Oh!" and it's like, "Hi, honey, I'm home." And the the bard's like, "I don't even know you." And the cleric goes, "Yeah, but I do. I mean, I wasn't always a priest, you know." <laughs> yes. It's yes. like, yeah. See, yeah. I love that. Break that stereotype, people. And I think yes. going going back to pregnancy and role-playing games, I feel mm. that while it's a odd, not an odd one, it's something that players might not want to deal with. They most definitely don't want to deal with it when it comes to people they're fighting. Oh, 100%. Like That's do, also like NPCs, like 100%. Like even down to bringing dragon eggs into it. It's like dragon eggs are essentially a dragon baby taking dragons. care of baby dragons and, and their form of pregnancy. Um, and if you're stealing them, you're essentially just taking children from their parents. And that's, What's that's it a whole thing. Was it Sam Regal in, I'm pretty sure the Mighty Nine campaign, I could be wrong on this, so feel free to correct me. I'm pretty sure Sam's character killed a baby, was it Griffin? Oh yes, a baby manticore. Manticore, yeah. that's it. And everyone yeah. at the table was like, ah, yeah. what? It like had two hit yeah, yeah, like yeah. they needed to kill it because that was the only yeah, way that's that it, the, Matt's um... response is like it has two hit points. It's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in game, like they needed that manticore to take focus like he needed the manticore to focus on him. It's like that's gonna work. Yeah. Um so yeah. content warning for killing baby manticores, I guess. <laughs> uh this is why I steer clear from it. I'm yeah. like, if you've got an out, like you've got a pregnant owlbear or an owlbear with cubs, it goes the fuck away from adventurers. 
Yeah. It's like it just it yeah. does not want a piece of them. Because yeah. because they're adventurers and murderers. And it's that that simple. Yeah. Like whether they mean to or not, they probably will end up being murderers. And that is pregnancy yeah. in D and D, and that is all we will talk on the matter. <laughs> because I suspect we will get complaints no matter what we say. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and other things you just that... cut that whole bit <laughs> no no we're leaving that in we're leaving that in i feel that that's probably the most we'll actually talk about D whole episode so um we're gonna leave that bit in uh there is the next scene which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. right now um loving the segues that i've got going today where speaking yeah. of of blair and her paramours um she's canoodling with with mate it's a good word as um, as Chuck watches on like a creeper in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did and... you notice the scarf is back on? So I think you're onto something with your I, analogy with my, or like I think, theory. I think I am actually onto something in regards to Chuck, but with that, the scarf and, and Blair's, his love for Blair when he can't have Blair, he has a scarf. I did notice that every male character in this episode has scarves on. So I think it might be part of the Ooh. uniform. Um, that you've got to wear a scarf, but Chuck is the one that wears it when everyone else doesn't have to, because uh, mm. it's his bit of flair and peacocking. Mm. But it's um, yeah. yeah, it's very noticeable in this scene, or actually in a later scene um, when he's fo- well. It's spoilers for this episode when he's fighting Nate later on. Um, it's very clear, you know, they both got scarves on, but Chuck's is very prominent, and it's so true yes. that. This is when it shows up. Anyway, that's my theory. Uh, he doesn't have it on this scene where he's spying on Blair and Nate, which is, I was looking for it. It wasn't there. Because Nate's just yeah. like, hey, come visit my dad in rehab. Because um, that's that's what you want to do, Blair. Um, apparently his dad always liked her, so sure. Yeah, which is sad because we probably know the reason the captain liked her is because the captain saw her and her family as a financial scapegoat. Yeah, and Nate apparently doesn't realise that because Nate is a, a no, cinnamon roll. Who... Nate is a <laughs> Well, actually, that's not true. Nate isn't a cinnamon roll, but he certainly has the intelligence of one some days. Yeah. And yeah. Blair, Blair spots Chuck being a creeper and then he kind of does the, the old roll away from the from the corner that he's standing against of um, turning away without he had, If he had a cape, it would be yeah. like... This is more evidence that Chuck is just a vampire in, in Gossip Girl form. And we I'm get like a little. Not against this theory either. It's a great theory. I feel that Chuck would be a great vampire character in most situations. Just he's got that yeah. right level of brooding and damaged uh, that mm. you. But also, you feel fine stabbing him a lot. I mean, mm. maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Personally, no. I'd be happy to be a like vampire bride to Chuck Bass, but sure. Chuck Bass and his vampire brides. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to start building this. Actually, I feel that this would be an interesting, interesting campaign. We can just you can just just reskin Strahd. No, Strahd's better than Chuck Bass. He's not as as an adolescent for one thing. Yeah, maybe this is like older Chuck Bass, season eight yeah. Chuck Bass. Yeah, sure. Uh, and speaking, of, well, you know what? I'm just going to give up on segues this week. Sure. Ep- scenes it's very happen. hot where we are. Yeah, it's very hot. It's too hot today. Uh, anyway, Jez, Jenny's upset. She's complaining to to Dan um, that she ever wasted tr- time trying to be Blair's friend. Um, mm-hmm. Dan breaks the news to the family that he will not be a father, which I think he says to Rufus, you will not be a grandfather. 
And Rufus mm-hmm. is stoked. Honestly, yeah. this should have been Dan's reaction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of Dan probably would love a little bit of a mini Dan to like, you know, that legacy in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the less Humphreys having kids, the better, honestly. It would be like Daniel Jr. Or like, or some, or it would have an author's name if they'd had a baby. Like, like oh, Truman? No, maybe. he's not going to go now. Yeah, but as a first name, that could be, yeah. that could that could work. Truman Humphrey. Hmm. Oh, no, because Truman is his first name, isn't it? It's Truman Capote. Yeah. Maybe it'd be Capote. Yeah. Capote Humphrey. Hmm. Yeah. That's actually not a... terrible. <laughs> it could be. Oh, uh, I mean, they could name it after Serena's dad, but we don't know her dad, so... Oh, wait, just name it Rufus. <laughs> Rufus Daniel Humphrey. When the grandfather is the same on both sides of the family. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of Rufus, and uh, he says, Hey, Dan, it's really great that um, Serena took it as you were just saying I love you because of the whole pregnancy thing, because now you don't have to, to deal with all that drama. Um, maybe you're moving too fast and all of that other stuff which is um, is not great and Jenny points out why the hell are you taking advice from him he is old and alone mm. which is yeah. it's fair do not yeah. ta- do not take relationship advice from Rufus Humphrey he is not good at it no yeah he's very very bad solid takeaway that is a solid takeaway so Jenny's like just tell Serena again find somewhere private nice let her know that you actually mean it and not just saying it because you think you knocked her up. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll work. This storyline bugs me. Just the whole I love you thing for the first time. It oh, so frustrates me in team, in team Why? Sex. Because Why? it's not that big a deal. It's huge. <gasps> Stop it. What do you mean it's not that big a deal? As a teenager, it is not that big a deal because you, they don't actually know what they feel. You take that. Do you remember the first time you said I love you to like your first girlfriend or partner or whatever? Yeah. I do. It sucked. Why? Okay, so I I if I remember correctly, I think I said, okay. This is why I love you. They did not respond. Okay. And okay. then we broke up two weeks later. Okay, but that <laughs> This may have coloured my my feelings on the matter. But you just gotta get back on that love horse you know like you just gotta get back on the pegasus or the like whatever the i don't know that's a love horse right unicorn. love unicorn i feel it's a love unicorn you still get back on that and then i'm not saying you know, it's not great to hear and it and when you mean it say it i feel that teenagers put too much stock in saying it it's like teenagers with new years where it's like you have time, to kiss though. your the first time yeah but it's it's like any sort of anxiety. It's like if they put a big make it a big deal, then it's always going to go wrong. And that's exactly what happens to Dan in this episode. If he just lets it come naturally, then it's not a big deal and it's not drama, which is why it doesn't happen. But it's yeah, it it feels a lot more real, or not realistic. It feels a lot more natural when you let it happen naturally. When you make a big deal about it, it becomes a problem. I disagree. I think it should be as huge a thing every first time. It should be the hugest thing because it's like the most important. I don't know. I well, whatever. <laughs> I think we've established on this podcast before, and probably on the dating podcast, which is no doubt to come, <laughs> that I am a curmudgeon and old and a grouch. 
Uh, so always take what I say with a grain of salt. I feel that Meek probably the person <laughs> that will get you better results in this in this. I think regard. I'm too much the other way as well, though. I have to admit, like I'm the person that like people start dating or like I've got like friends that have like one one of my friends at the moment has just mentioned this someone that she might see, and in my head I'm already like, all right, 2023 wedding. It could be really nice in like the Arab <laughs> Valley. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you could go like a november thing i could book this for like a hen's do she hasn't even had a day with this person but i'm like i'm already there yeah because yep. on paper sounds amazing on paper it sounds great and then reality yeah. ensues yeah but then loving reality is even better so speaking of reality ensuing uh serena goes to see <laughs> blair about this this pregnancy test and mm-hmm. basically tries to browbeat her into it and jeez, mm-hmm. Blair's just fucking nasty in this. Despite your best efforts to ruin it, I'm actually having a good day and I don't want anything to spoil it. Guess who asked me to visit the captain with him? I don't know, Nate. Yes, it's like he finally needs me and he isn't afraid to- Look, B, I understand why you're reluctant to burst your happy bubble, but I'm not giving up. Well, I'm sorry if unlike some people, I haven't been on the pill since I was 15. Okay, I am giving up. Before you start planning your perfect night with Nate, don't you think you should- I'm not pregnant, Serena. You ever notice that when she's yeah, mad, but... she like well, when she's mad at herself, she always takes it out on Serena. Yes, or, or to be honest, anyone who's around, because even Dorota can get that. And um... you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is, but this is, and also though, let's be honest, this is what um, what's her mum's name? What's Eleanor. the Hawkeye's mum's name? Eleanor. Uh, <laughs> this is what Eleanor does to you. Get the feeling that whenever Eleanor was frustrated or like running short at work that Eleanor to put out on Blair so now Blair's learnt that whenever she is she just projects it onto other people yeah yeah that tracks I believe that it's, it's learned behaviour I don't think Eleanor's doesn't make it okay taken, I don't think Eleanor's ever taken it out on Blair I think Eleanor's taken it out on people around her and below her ooh you reckon yeah okay yeah, anyway, she does take... Well, this is the thing, that every time she takes it on Serena, she goes to, you slept around, you ran away, you're a slut, all the kind of slut-shamey things. And a lot yeah. of the time it feels like I'm saying this to Serena because I'm thinking about myself. Yes. When she goes with that. Yeah, because um, yeah, she's I, hurting herself. It's why her and is. Chuck are such a good pair. They're just little broken birds that need to just heal in a nest together. Mm-hmm. Because they've got similar vices and similar vices are what make the best love stories. Sure. Okay. Um, that's my, in my dating book, that's one of my rules. Share similar. vices that aren't harmful to your health. I, I wouldn't have said vices that I said damage, but all right, we'll go with vices. That's, um, that's an acceptable one. Uh, so Blair gets all bitchy. Um, I believe Serena leaves the the pregnancy test there, and just or is she still yes. in denial of that? Anyway, Serena leaves um, and goes yeah. to a picnic with uh, with Dan in the loft, where he's mm-hmm. chosen. This is the moment where I've got her in an enclosed space that's safe and fuzzy, yeah. and by candlelight, yeah. and we're having spaghetti. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Jenny is also in the other room <laughs> because yeah. it's a loft, and their doors are yeah. actually these massive fold down walls so everything can be heard everywhere yeah and uh that does mean that jenny well there's a moment where jenny comes in and is like just just getting a drink and is very clearly spying on them and saying like what's what's going on now has he said it yet um yeah this is the moment where i believe them as siblings 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just that sure. that sibling energy. But Dan, very well, very smoothly for once, uh, uses this interruption to kind of swap sides of the table rather than facing a slide around to the next to her, so he can like be all close and and intent yeah. on looking at her. And it's like not, nice moves, Dan. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and this allows her to confide in him about all the things going on in her her mind. Mm-hmm. Of um, yeah. It's not me that's pregnant. It could be Blair, and I don't know whether it's Nate or Chucks. And Dan apparently is following everything that Nate does, but or following everything that Blair does. And it's like, but he, she only got just back with Nate. Oh my gosh, it must be someone else's. Like Dan in his head, he's already writing the like Gossip Girl like blog entry. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Gossip Girls. The Gossip Girls coming through now in Dan. Uh, but it yeah. also means that Jenny overhears. I don't mm. think intentionally. I think she's going to close the door and she just hasn't turned her headphones on yet. Uh, yeah, but I also think she's doing the ones like a real slow close the door. Yeah. Like, oop. Yeah. Yeah, but she's not intentionally listening for this. Like, she's not eavesdropping no. for, for the hell of it. She's just like, well, I'm going to take my time and they're just happy to talk and not paying attention to oh, her. Oh, what's Blair doing? Okay. I'm just going to file that one around the back of the brain And then, well, speaking of um, Humphreys using smooth moves, uh, mm. we've got Rufus's little plot because <gasps> we have the return of... Uh, well, Bex? we Yeah, we have the return of Bex, but we also have Bryn, who is very awkwardly trying to ask him out. Um, I think okay. she's like... I don't understand. Like, I know we've spoken about Rufus before, and like, he's he's a good person, but like, yeah, Rufus Humphrey's sex god. Characters are very attractive. Yes, you know, seem to be. Um, you know, this is like in a game, right, where you make an NPC that's meant to be the throwaway NPC, but the yeah. whole fucking party like just like loves on them. Like, so Rufus I is the NPC get... in this. Is this correct? Yes, Rufus okay. is. What is the Bobble and the Goblin? This is Rufus yeah. Bobble and the Goblin. Because I'm like, why? Why are these scenes here? Apart from the fact to show that he's getting back in the dating scene, you could just do that in so many other ways. B, why are these women so desperate for Rufus? Like, how bad is the Tinders in Brooklyn right now that this is where you're going? Not that bad, I don't feel. I feel that Brooklyn's got a pretty good Tinder striker, right? So I just, I, this is one of the few times that suddenly Gossip Girl becomes like, not like believable for me. I'm of the opinion that Rufus is at the gallery so often that like his, his pheromones and his musk have just kind of melded into the walls. So everyone who goes in there just like keeps coming back. Like just that, that attitude that he had back when he was a rock star has sunk into, into the gallery itself and they, they can't help it. They just can't help it. That's a magical item you can buy, right? There's like a, oh God, I hope a not. necklace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like poison ivy's pheromones, and it's like a. I think it's like charm person. Um, but essentially, it's like a thing that you kind of essentially like crack one of the vials, and for like an hour, this like aroma and this everyone essentially like it's like charm person. Anyone that you're mm. near. Um, so, my bard had it. That's so worrying. I don't think she used it. <laughs> No, no, I, I can know. see. I know, this is like the whole filter why. of love discussion. Yeah, yeah. This Bryn, who we find out the name of later, is very badly hitting on Rufus. This may be the most amazing purchase you will ever make in your entire lovely existence. Your day almost over. Not quite. I've got a few canvases to wrap and a little more paperwork. I'm trying to get you to ask me out for outdoor drinks. 
Oh, oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry I didn't realize, uh... I guess you're not done for the day after all. But when you are, call me. She looks mm. about 19. So it feels yes, like she's just some college kid. They're so much younger. What yeah. are you doing, Rufus? Yeah. But he gets a number. He's I mean, like, no judgment. No judgment. Rufus, I mean, you got to take away. He, he just lost two women. So he needs two more women. <laughs> um, but he does spot Bex. And I love that Bex's first line is kind of like, remember me? And like, no, it's been three months. Like we, yeah. like three months in our world. It's been yeah. a long time. We're not meant to remember Bex. Like, no. who the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, thankfully, yeah. we get a bit of bit of backstory and we find out that, yes, she was buying stuff for Lily and now she's looking for more clients. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of like... Suddenly she also this... wants to date Rufus. She wants to cut of that Rufus pie. Which she seemed to want originally as well, but was all like, oh, well, your wife... And he's like, yeah, well, the wife's gone, come yeah, and gone again. Yeah, she lives again. all the way in Hudson. Yep. Can't ever see her again. Well, good. We don't want Alison coming back. No. But uh, we're fine with Boo. that. Uh, yeah, so he gets he gets a date for tomorrow night. It's like the Humphrey men just cannot keep people away, basically. Yeah, it's the Humphrey curse. In the next scene, when Serena goes to see Chuck in the, the hotel mm. uh, that they both live in, uh, mm. Chuck is in room 1812. Or suite Ooh, 1812, okay. I should say. Now, okay. do you think this is a reference to Tchaikovsky? Oh, geez, Louise. I hadn't even picked up on these details. I mean, it could be a reference to just Napoleon's invasion of Russia. But obviously the Tchaikovsky right. piece is based on that. But the I feel the 1812 overture is kind of the thing that most people watching this show would like think of in when they see 1812 it could just be just a random number no this show is too clever for that see that's what the good thing about gossip girl right it's like here we are on my like seventh re-watching picking up on like layers of this like just amazingly dramatical onion uh and the thematics right it's just chef's kiss sure sure this Let's is what on. makes this a mm, Mess? Yeah. Masterpiece. Great. No, no, Masterpiece. I feel my word's probably right. Uh, <laughs> I like this in, in role-playing games. I tend to see little details like that in, just like little in-jokes oh, for myself. Nice. And just be like, yeah, this room's 101. And that's where the were-rat lives. Because in, in 1984, that's where the room where you get tortured and that's where rats come in, ah. in, the final, in the final chapters. And it's just jokes that I enjoy. So maybe it's just someone on the set design being like, yeah, Chuck's like Napoleon. He's a little man. Um, so yeah. 1812 is probably accurate for him. Yeah. Or maybe it's, there was a, a US war of 1812, wasn't there, when the White House got burned? So maybe it's to do with that. I don't know. I feel that there's a moment where you see the room number and it just seemed like it was too obvious for me. Oh, uh, fair enough. Or too... Well, I said I've never noticed it, but there we go. It was certainly not mentioned at all. And the reason that Serena is there is to, for some reason, she thinks that deep down Chuck is a good person. I refuse to believe that. Because he is. Sure. Um, I don't know why Serena would think that either, but she knows that Chuck has some sort of weird power over Blair 
to be able to convince yes. her to do things. Not the sex because stuff. Because they're soulmates. Yeah. Sure. That Continue. that tracks as well as anything in this situation. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to until Serena explains it could be your child that she is knocked up with. Yeah. And I do like that Chuck Bass always uses a condom. Yeah, of course. Like, you don't know where Chuck Bass has been. No. But also Chuck Bass probably doesn't always know where he's been either, but, yeah. you know. So he is he is very... Like, I appreciate that Chuck Bass, of all characters, is the one that mm. is like, no, I will always be sexually safe. Yeah. Like, that's 100%. A not- he's very sex positive. Way to be a role model, Chuck. Well done. Yeah. This is the only yeah. time I'll ever say those words. Go, Chuck. He does then slut shame Blair a little bit by pointing out to Serena that hey, because he's hurt, because yeah, he's hurt that. and he's acting out. I'll agree. See, with that. that's why they're soulmates. Mm, fine. Team yep. They, I will say they're soulmates. I will not have any problems with that. Okay. And. We get um, just a short little scene with Rufus and Dan and Jenny being like, is it okay? Rufus asking, is it okay if I date? And both the kids being like, yeah, but not in that shirt. It just feels like, okay, cool. We're hanging shit on Rufus, which is fair. He's not being the best dad ever this episode. But also, it's I think it's just to say Rufus doesn't know how to date yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and- definitely that person that's just come out of a long-term relationship and he's like, yeah. Honestly, Which I think I is all they needed. I don't think they need to show us all the art gallery interactions with him and these like 73 women like falling over themselves to date him. Like well, Rufus Humphrey's They've already shown that Lily's keen. The fact that Rufus has Lily and Alison keen to, to be with him is stunning enough. Yeah. I can imagine groupies coming to the art gallery. I see- Really? Yeah, see, at least like Lily and Allison, I get that he has that like repartee. Like, I love the like Lily and Rufus like banter. Yeah. Like, but I feel like he hasn't had that with these. These women have literally just walked in and gone, here's my number and like, please take me out on a date. You don't even know this guy. Do you know that he lives in a loft? I think that's probably why they're after him. I mean, a loft's pretty good. It's in Brooklyn, you know. I mean, yes, he's poor, but he owns property. Yeah, that's how it's been. True. I don't think it's a dating thing. I feel it's like kind of a holdover from Sex in the City, where they're just kind of throwing out the net as wide as possible. Oh my gosh, don't talk to me about that show right now. I'm All having right, lots well, of feelings about the reboot. We, so, we, won't, we won't talk Sex in the City. That's for a future series of the of the podcast. My God. Oh no. All right. Yep. That's probably going to happen now too. <laughs> I would. I, he's, I won't put you through musicals and Sex in the City. We'll just do a music. We'll just do music musicals. They're far okay. better one or the other yeah but anyway i feel that that's the the whole point of it just to be like yes you're in the city you're in new york and you're single so obviously everyone's trying to date you and these women are similar it's like i see an attractive man yes i will give him my number and try to try to date him immediately uh rather than uh, i have other questions about Bryn, but we'll get to those in a little bit um okay. serena goes back to blair hoping that chuck has been to see her and this time mm-hmm. she confronts her and it's like i know you're sleeping with nate you're sleeping with both of them. Mm-hmm. That's um, mm-hmm. that's not great, Nate. Mm-hmm. And I took I took the bullet for you is basically what Blair, yeah. uh, Serena is saying that she did that in public yeah. opinion. Serena yeah. is 
to sign it on Grata. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. For that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, mm. He doesn't get his jingle yeah. yet, but he's um he's getting there. Yeah. This is. Are we, are we going to cover this now with like the fact that is has it has the big Gossip Girl? No, it would have come out. Yeah, the big Gossip Girl thing. Like Dan did this about because it was a written blog entry it wasn't just yeah. like a you know where occasionally like it was something typed out with like you know, stupid puns and or like you know play on words stuff so like he hmm. physically wrote that yeah that um, was a full piece that he wrote it wasn't just a photo or a tip hop yeah. one or something yeah like, yeah, yeah. Was... it wasn't just one of the ones that's just automatic like automatically come in yeah because uh, he knew that. seeing someone buy a pregnancy test that's big news in high school mm. So of course oh, you have to do a whole lot of it. Well, that's not just such and such was at a club opening. You don't do that. So mm -hmm. this is full on, this is major gossip for the entire school. Like I'm surprised, I'm surprised Lily's doesn't show up at all in this episode because I feel like she should be involved in this storyline too. Yeah. Lily wouldn't be aware. No, she's used to it. I don't think Serena. Lily would. Yeah, she's like, oh, again? No, no stress. Yeah, it's like, we've I know been, you're being safe. We've been safe. down this route before. We, this yeah. is you would have told me probably by now, so I know it's nothing yeah. wrong with this. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and Eleanor shows up uh, just in the middle of Serena and Blair's massive fight uh, and wonders what's going mm -hmm. on. And I like Serena's comment of just ask Blair. Her story is always better than mine anyway. It's like her version mm -hmm. is the, the, the more entertaining version. It's like, yeah. I like that they're very aware of who the other character is. Yeah. Uh, and sure. then there's the moment after Serena leaves where Eleanor is talking about mm. just kind of checking in with Blair. Is everything okay? And points out that she heard her in the bathroom the other day trying to hide <gasps> the, the vomiting. Oh, no. Which makes uh, you think that we're going to go down a glee route. What? You know, because in Glee, because the, the head cheerleader gets pregnant in Glee. And oh. that's actually like the storyline because she was part of the abstinence club, but then she got pregnant. Right. That makes sense. And a lot she more actually sense. was pregnant. And then she gave birth to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Anyway. I must not have seen. <laughs> I must have blocked out a lot of Glee. Um, I was in, I thought it was an interesting one because I. I didn't see it as part of the pregnancy storyline. I saw it as Eleanor checking in on the bulimia storyline that she's worried about. Oh, yes, I agree. But also like that was, that's, that's what Eleanor thinks, but you as a watcher, my first thing was like, Oh, someone's morning sickness. Yeah. Like maybe she really is. Cause to be honest, up until that point, I've always been like, Blair's fine. Like, mm. you know, there are lots of reasons that women can be late for different reasons. She's fine. And then the, when that gets mentioned, I was like, oh, No. See, as soon as I heard that, I was like, no, she's spiraling because she doesn't know what to do. Ray, oh. Chuck and Blair. So she's doing what she does when she feels like this. And that's, that's, um, that's when the bulimia strikes. That's when she starts binge eating and, and purging. Um, and I think Eleanor's got it spot on and she does point out that yeah, maybe... I think Jeremy what you're showing me here is that you are a savant at this show and for as much as I love and have studied this show you are just such a natural at dissecting this masterpiece that we should all like 
I'm so glad that your knowledge has now been welcomed into this. It's just, it's just making it a richer community is what I'm saying. What I'm getting is that all the Gossip Girl characters need therapy. And uh, yeah. the only one, I mean, the only one who was, drama? that's true. The only one that's actually gotten therapy is Eric and Eric being the most mature character in the cast makes perfect sense. That's actually uh, a very, again, another, you're just proving my point that you are like a natural at this topic. Yeah, yeah. Eleanor says, well, maybe, Blair, you go visit your father. Um, get yeah. out of school. We're not going to worry about school. Yeah, go, <laughs> go to France. Obviously having a tough time right now if, if this is a problem, if Bellini is raising its head again. Uh, and Blair's like, no, 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 no. I'm going in the summer. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine now. Uh, and then she does. Yeah. She goes and takes the test. Yeah. Um, which is not great because she says, I'm not pregnant. I command myself not to not be pregnant, which... Um, apparently works because she's not pregnant i when she picks it up i'm pretty certain she may be picking it up by the wrong end <laughs> i mean really it doesn't matter if it's your, your own i don't think it really i like that as soon as she discovers she's not pregnant she calls serena and apologizes and yeah. it's very clearly the anxiety causing it to lash out at serena as soon as it's gone she yeah. remembers friendship and they say the, yeah. the key words clean slate <laughs> Yeah. Which is their forgiveness words, it seems. Yeah. This actually gets her to stand up to Chuck as well. Because when he comes to her to try to convince her to take the test, which she's already done, um, he's creepy at her and she's like, I, I don't want to play, Chuck. I'm done. I've had my little brush with, with the wild side and I don't want to do this anymore yeah. with you. And yeah. I think this is where we see him with the scar for the first time. Ah, for the episode that see is. so the theory theory stands yeah yeah particularly because she's realized that he was bluffing the whole time he's never going to tell nate yeah because he doesn't want to hurt yeah. nate uh he's fine with hurting her later, yes yeah mm. and she wanders off um mm -hmm. because he's not willing really to let it go no. and sad sad chuck starts his little text message to to gossip girl with mm -hmm. um his little phrase of uh i think it's like blair had her sheets rumpled by two men this week it's yeah like, too many one week yeah yeah it's like chuck reading gossip girl to know the little tabloid style phrases that that dan uses in this yeah this is also why later on like you can tell that chuck and dan are like gonna be frenemies oh yeah yeah, like, because they got their minds work the same way. It's just Dan doesn't. Yeah. Dan hides it better. Yeah, yeah. See, Chuck is everywhere. Speaking of Dan, actually, he's off mm. on a picnic date with Serena, and I just want to point out, Dan, that there are other types of date that you can have dates where you're not just presenting food on a um on a on a blanket. I feel like that's very him. It's very rustic, you know, very homely. Yeah. He's still weird about it all because he's trying to explain the whole love thing. Uh, yeah. And he's just, he's so Be bad at it. Because it's important, but continue. But he's so bad. He's so bad at it. But because he's a teenager. Like, uh, I, I, I remember rehearsing the first time I said I love you, like rehearsing it in my head for like, yes, probably hours and like planning where like the location and when and like even then like so i was on a ferry 
in Sydney on the harbour and I was waiting for a particular point because we were on a holiday and I wanted a specific like vista. And how did it go? I hope it went well. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. It, it did, yeah. See, see, but I, I, I feel like that if I start, so then I just come across as braggy because you know. I don't think Dan's put that much thought into it, and I feel this is a, a good example of anxiety. I mean, we're, we're doing a therapy podcast now; it's not about D and D anymore. Um, <laughs> that I mean, that's what D and D really is. Let's it not, is. Let's let's let's, let's not be, be honest. Let's be honest. Um, that every interaction with her suddenly becomes this, I have, this has to be the time to tell her. This has to be the perfect time to tell her. It has to be like this or it's not going to work. It's like every single time he's on edge and overthinking it. And mm. it's interesting, just that moment when her lit paper blows away and like someone saves and she runs up and goes, oh, I love you. Thank you so much. And Dan's like, oh my God, she just says it so easily to some random person. Yeah. And I can't even say it to her. It's like, oh, get over, get over it, Dan. Just it's a phrase when it's said that way it is very clearly just a phrase like when you're like i love brownies it's like that doesn't mean i want them every single anyway it's it's a whole thing with dan because this is clearly going to be his thing for the episode but the moment was ruined because of a gust of wind uh and i feel that he then takes out his anxieties and his passive aggressiveness on blair Mm -hmm. By sending Chuck's text to fucking everyone. Like, mm-hmm. this is another Gossip Girl blast. Well, let me tell you a bit about a guy called Dan. Got a crush on Serena Vanderwood's sand. Still, he'll spread rumors about it any way he can. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Don't know if you heard, but Dan is poor. He hangs around the rich kid, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. But that ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, wouldn't hurt a dove. But he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan. He's a gossip girl. Mm-hmm. Um, that the entire school gets this message. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, you know what? I don't think this one's from Dan. I think this one's from Jenny. Oh, you think they're both on it? Maybe. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. But there, there's this evidence. Like, I feel it could be Dan taking out his passive aggressiveness from, from not being able to say, I love you to Serena, but it could also be Jenny just getting fed up with Blair's bullshit and wanting to bring her down a couple of eggs. Really don't think Jenny knows. No, I just I, think... it's just that moment at the start when she yelled out Dan instead of just, just screaming. It's like, she wanted Dan to see that. And maybe there's that possibility. She was yelling, Dan, what maybe. the hell did you do? How did you not tell me this maybe. already? It, it could be. It could be, is all I'm saying. Okay. I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just, I, I'm processing. This is new information to take yeah. in. And now that Blair is the centre of attention, we get all this this little montage of voices of everyone making fun of her and, and mm-hmm. making rumours about her. And she goes to see Nate. Uh, or she goes looking for Nate, I should say. Uh, but Jenny finds her first. Mm. Uh, or finds him first, I should say. Yeah. And 
Nate's like, oh my God, why would Gossip Girl lie about this? This is so ridiculous. And Jenny's like, yeah, about that. Actually. Yeah. Actually, Nate. And she doesn't want to tell him, but Nate pushes and she reveals that she knew um, that, yeah, Blair's been fucking Chuck. Chuck is the the phrase that the kids use for it. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but then we cut to is it fist, is it this is when we get the fisticuffs yeah, yeah. It goes straight well, they don't to... actually punch each other oh they should though that'd be awesome more people should punch Chuck yeah. it's great I did think I did think Chuck was going to get another black eye but yeah um, I mean Nate is just on yeah. him just like grabs him throws him yeah. down on the car so into this version of Nate this is this is great this yeah. is the game when we see the scarf and it's very clear I have the scarf because yeah. I am in pain and I don't have a Blair around me and yeah basically is just saying this is so fuck how could you do this to me how could you do this to to your friend you just used my girlfriend like sport and chuck's like no it wasn't sport i have feelings i feel her so much uh and i think what hurts most is nate's like don't don't talk to me anymore i don't want to see you you are not my friend yeah yeah that's gotta hurt i you know what it reminds me because they've been friends like since diapers probably yeah yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's like they're they're the two that kind of get each other the most, mm. but don't connect as often as the others. Like they just have mm. this constant friendship. Yeah. Like they just go. Yeah. That's that's Chuck. That's Nate, and they just kind of interact based without changing themselves at all for each other. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Blair and Serena clash because they're different. Nate and Chuck don't. They are just them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a is a problem now. Because they've got mm. something that they clash over, and that's Blair. That's a pretty big one. You know what it reminded me of for D and D? What did it remind you of? Player on player violence. Oh, funny you should mention this. We have free PvP, man. Yeah. Yep. How do you feel about in game? Uh, when it's supervised, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, when it's the dungeon master actually setting them against each other and the player's like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, I'm totally going to take your character to town after this kind of thing. That's fine. When it's because the players don't get along and they're taking out on each ca- each other's characters, no, mm. that's not acceptable. That's uh, that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. certainly in character, uh, player on player, I well, PvP, I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it works. It's difficult yeah. a lot of the time because you start to wonder why would these people continue traveling and adventuring together if they hate each other so much. But a limited yeah. amount, I'm okay with. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, I find, look, yeah, I look, when I run games for younger people, I pretty much, it's, a, it's just a black and white rule of there is just no PvP because otherwise it would just end up with just, it just ends up with a battle royale like every week. Yeah. So I have a like closet rule for like my younger players that there is just no PvP. Um, but I don't know, like, as I, I think even in game, I guess it's like, I, I'm okay with it as long as there is like consequences or follow up. Like mm-hmm. I find it a little bit frustrating if there's PVP, like if like, you know, your players that like, uh, decide to, you know, attack each other for whatever reason, but then everyone's just really cool with it. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. You just like lob 3d6 damage at this person you've been traveling with for like a month. Like there would be conversations to be had or like there would be follow-up to that like you're not just going to be like 
Ha ha ha. Um, Youthful shenanigans. Yeah, like if it adds to the role play, I guess, dynamic, then I'm totally down with it. If it's just for the sake of like, I want to test this out, then I'm like, no. Nah. Um, I, I agree with that. And then have... as a DM, I have the same standing as you. Like as long as people are doing it in character or in role play, that's fine. I have a, a soft way of doing PvP. It's a, a, I guess, a mini dungeon that I'm working on where they walk in and you basically have everyone make a saving throw and whoever gets the lowest, like you split the party in half, basically. Whoever gets the lowest gets drawn into the floor, uh, which is like this oh. big ice thing and their reflections pop up and then fight the rest of the party. Oh, um, that's so cool. you get to, and you just have them roll. Like they do it all. They get to fight each yeah, other. Yeah, that's cool. Well, see, that's a good way to do it. That you can get that. People can do that without it being, because then there's no like after that. It's clearly like like a like they've been possessed or like it's not like yeah. when Yasha, a mighty nine. You know, uh, uh, I remember like Yasha was controlled and was like attacking everyone. And obviously, the party afterwards are like, no, you're all cool. Like we get it. It wasn't you. Hmm. Um, so I feel so, that's yeah. That's a, a cool way of doing it. Thank you. I will try to I'm still not sure how exactly I was worked originally I was going to have one side pops down and they both have to fight each other but it doesn't really hurt as much like mm. two reflections pop up and then on the other side of the mirror basically the other two reflections are popped up but that seems like cool you just get to fight each other twice and uh, just have the same battle yeah. again which doesn't work as well but I think it should be I'm hoping it'll be a fun adventure for everyone maybe they'll even have encountered yeah, no, by the time cool. this episode comes out Hey. Where give us an up update. Oh, well. Uh, Nate and Chuck have just thrown down. That's right. Uh, we talked about the scarf. You... I'm wondering if there is a coat yes. to match the scarf or whether this is just a scarf that Chuck likes. Because uh, he only really, well, he wears it with that ridiculous outfit when they went to play basketball. But otherwise, it seems to be his school scarf. Yeah. Uh, and Nate returning home discovers Blair's there. And he is just, he is furious. Oh, he's like, yeah. no, I'm done with you, Blair. I cannot believe that you lied to yeah. me. This has been, yeah. I, it's so interesting because. I felt his, so bad for what I did. And yeah. then. Yeah. That he made, he tried to make amends. Mm. And this was her hurting him and hiding it from him. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's not cool. Poor, um, poor Nate, but particularly because she's like, no, 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 no. Chuck would just say anything. This is what Chuck, like she throws Chuck under the bus. Uh, yeah, which is not 100%. cool either. And mm-hmm. Nate's like, but Jenny wouldn't lie, would she? And then he's like, and then doesn't he be like, dude, you know, this isn't anything about Jenny. Don't bring her into it. Like, Nate, you poor unfortunate mm-hmm. soul. Of course she's going to just ruin yeah. Jenny mm-hmm. now. Like, oh, yeah. He's going to ruin everyone. She's going to ruin the world if she can. This is, yeah. This is peak Blair lashing out at everyone around her to, um, she's the Tarasque mm-hmm. in this situation. It's like the world will end because Blair is upset. And I love that. Yeah. That Nate's like, so I'm going to ask you to leave. And Blair's like, no, I want to talk. He's like, cool, I'm going to go. Yeah, you stay as long as you want then, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know it's bad when it's your house and she asks you to leave and you do. And unfortunately, we get back to the um, the gallery and mm. find out um, that Bryn has returned. Um, I think because Rufus didn't call her and points yeah. out. Her line's like... Something like, at the risk of being forward, I'm actually here to ask you out. Um, I've been dared by my friends. I'm like, seriously, are you 13 or something? Is this- yeah, I know. This is what I mean. Who are these women? And why are they interested in Rufus? I My notes They say should be that- out looking for some, like, real jock, like, I don't know, just... 
some suit bro not rufus yes yeah oh yeah i think that's that's accurate i can't tell if i actually looked this up or it's in the episode but uh i've got a note here saying that the uh she's actually 22 so i suspect okay. i probably looked up the actor and was like cool 22 years old uh which explains why she's on a dare because i can feel that this would be something that um university students would do like some of the art students yeah. like yeah. yeah there's a cute guy the guy that runs a gallery you should ask him out and they're a little bit drunk it's like you got to do it you got to do it are we going to call someone and like whatever the yeah. dares are that yeah. you're an art student and yeah that's totally it of course as he's trying to get rid of her essentially he's like i've got plans so uh. that's when beck shows up now can we just clarify it is not beck singular it is Bex, and yeah, I'm not Bex. sure if that is B-E-X or B-E-C-S, my but notes, it's like... My notes say B-E-K-S. Oh, that's even worse. See, I like the name Bex. Like K is in crystal. Oh, oh wow. As in crystal math. <laughs> no, but I... Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to... Yeah. Look, I've come up with bad NPC names as well. Like, I'm, mm. let's not, you know. I've also noticed I have a running record of, like, alliteration in my NPC names. I am, like, entirely guilty of pretty much all my NPCs are alliteration names because I love alliteration and that's my flaw. Is this, like, Hulk Hogan so, and Bruce Banner and yeah. Um, yeah, 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 Clark Kent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Just, like, I don't know what it is. Something in my brain loves alliteration. There's something that just must release, like, gallons of dopamine or something. Anyway, why I'm saying that is because I'm not perfect. So from my glass, you know, what is it, house, as I throw a rock at whoever named Bex, a plural. Would it be better if her name was Rebecca and people just called her Bex? No. Because why do you call someone a plural? I don't know why do we. Why Who do we was call it actually? This popped Jono up in our or Mato. No, this or popped up in our. This is such an Australian thing. Discord. Like, yeah. No, who was it that came up with like the cool NPC trait of like giving nouns plurals? Oh you know, yeah. I'll have a glass of milks. This literally came up. I can't remember who I should give credit yeah, to this yeah, for. Yeah. No, we we won't give our, credit. They know who it is. One of our illustrious dungeon masters. And I love it. I'm gonna absolutely, absolutely use it in my games. Yeah, I but, like. You just don't call people plurals. I like to to create NPC traits by adding human before a number of words. Um, like when you do your human dancing. And it works even better if it's like an elf or someone because it sets them aside, like apart from, mm. from what people mm-hmm. normally think. And it works with other mm-hmm. ones. Like when you do your dwarf dancing, although that sounds a little racist when you say it that way. So when it's humans, yeah. it's okay. But yeah. I like these this plurals from, from words. It's like, do you have the boxes? And it's like, I, I have a box. It's like, yes, the boxes. Yeah. 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 It's like when adults try to like, you know, like grind kids up. Like I always love, you know, calling memes, memes into my students because it just really like irks them. Or like Billy Eyelash. Oh, wow. Just really like, it really gets them in just a certain spot of like, oh, it makes me so happy. It's a certain level of dad joke, that one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like that's, that's the thing that dads will do. It's like, oh yeah. And what does this thing do again? Oh, that doesn't sound yeah. right. What's the, yeah. what's on the Facebooks? And um, she... She sees um, Rufus talking to, to Bryn and go. And he does like a little mix up of, of who, which one is which. Uh, and Bex is like, cool, so I'm going to make it easy. I'm just going to go. Uh, and mm. Bryn's like, great, so you're free tonight. And it's like, I appreciate which, them. I appreciate the moxie. It's not great. 
She clearly has a lot of lust for Rufus. Um, she's just <laughs> taking whatever she can get. You know what? I think this is where we start to see the groupies. She is most definitely a Lincoln Hawk groupie and she's found out <laughs> where he works and she's like, I'm mm. just going to take whatever I can get from this guy. Yeah. It's like, she's not it's fast. Very, it's uh, also pronounced Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. As in, as in put your, yeah. your guitar into Hawk. Sure. That was a Bon Jovi reference. I liked it. I'm going to leave uh, it in. I don't care. Great. <laughs> Speaking of people who left it in, uh, we go to back to Blair and her pregnancy scare. <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. I oh, love that was, it. That was great. I'm so proud of that one. Uh, as Serena <laughs> returns to Blair's, uh, and Blair thinks Serena told Jenny... And Serena says, I didn't tell Jenny. And it's like, well, um, did you tell Dan? And she's like, well, yeah, I told Dan. This reminds me of the... Of course I told Dan. Yeah, of course I told Dan. I told Dan everything. This reminds me, I can't remember where it's from, where it's um, like, who did you tell? Who knows this? And it's like, well, I told him and he told her. And he told, well, I told everyone. So (laughs) I didn't know I didn't have to tell. I wasn't supposed to tell people. So I just told everyone. I told many, many people. Yeah. Blair again lashes out. She's like, you don't understand. You don't. You don't have a reputation to ruin. And it's like, oh, um, yeah. It was. It's. It's a. It's a. It's a mean comment on Blair's yeah. part. Uh, so Serena storms off and sadly has to wait for the exposition elevator to arrive, which must be the worst thing. It's like <laughs> run over, hit the door, hit the button, and then you stand there for another thirty seconds, glaring at your friend until the doors open, uh, which is yeah. yeah, not great. No. Um, and doesn't really go well for Blair anymore for the rest of the episode because jenny shows up on the steps of the met um mm-hmm. very displeased to to see her um but all the other girls are getting well they've stopped respecting blair yeah uh, this is they, their they've been waiting for the for the, like something to fall and it's happened and now they're like pouncing yeah. like leopards on a carcass Yes, this is the Regina George moment when she's uh, she reveals that make wearing pink um, is oh no that's right I think it's no that wearing you can't sweatpants sit with us yeah. yeah so that's just a stupid rule that we made up it's like this is the Wasn't the hinge is starting to come off the door yeah <laughs> so yeah I feel that also Blair, great musical Blair is not as strong as Regina George I feel. No. So Blair is is fragile deep down, whereas Regina George is just angry. Hmm. Yeah. Um, as essentially the the court, the posse, the um, I don't know if we can come up with another word for them, the hive, uh, they Ooh, abandon. I like hive. They abandon Blair. They go, yep, we're not going to listen to a pregnant little hypocrite who was all like, yeah. I, you can't eat that and you shouldn't sleep with that guy. Uh, so we're just going to leave. And Blair's like, I will, Jenny, I, if you go, I'm already never going to forgive you for telling Nate, but I will destroy you if you leave me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Good move, Blair. Jenny's like, how? You got nothing. Whoop. That's a mic drop. Yeah. 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 And little Jay climbs, levels up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty significant moment for little Jay. I might actually stop referring to her as uh, Raggedy McGurchamuffles then. (laughs) 
that's growth. That's growth for everyone. It is. And then we get Rufus calling Bex. It's like, sure, he's trying to apologize. He's just like, I'm really bad at this. I haven't dated for a very long time. And I was like, dude, leave it. Just, you fucked up. Yeah. Apparently, you were you were talking to a woman when she saw you. Um, so yeah. apparently just, you know what? Bex is a problem. Don't, don't stick around with Bex. Yeah. Oh. Bex is a problem on so many levels. Then we have Serena confronting Dan about why did you tell Jenny? It's like, yeah, I did didn't. And again, uh, oh, that's right. You can trust my word. I, I, I'm always honest and I love you. And it's like, that doesn't mean that she should trust you. Yeah. It's like Chuck True. loves Blair. Doesn't mean you should ever trust Chuck. I mean, I feel that's well, anyway. Um, and I trust is a big thing. There's lots of, there's lots of variations of it. Yeah. Is, yes. this, is this where he says that he loves her and she's like, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cause then he walks off. Yeah. And because he, he's, because he calls her on like, that's not the response. You told Jenny about Blair and Chuck. No, no, of course not. Well, you're the only one I told. And I didn't tell anybody. How can I know that? Because I gave you my word. Because I love you. What? I love you. And not just because I thought you were pregnant. And not in the way you love some random guy who picks up your lit paper or some girl who likes your hair. Okay. Okay. The response is not okay. Get, seriously, Dan can go get fucked. He is being the worst in this episode. Like, everything he does is just... He's putting his heart on the line. Yes, but except that she may not be there yet, Dan. Yeah, okay. So this is the only thing where Dan went wrong, is that Dan should have done a bit of recon first Mm -hmm. to see if they were at mutual I love you stage. I mean, he also shouldn't have sent out the blast about Blair. That's um, that's his little bit of... Yeah, these are two separate issues. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not standing up for Dan. I'm not standing up for Dan. I'm not team Dan by any way, shape or form. But I am team love, hence why I'm saying it's nothing, the issue is not the I love you, the issue is just that maybe Dan should have done a little bit of recon first or put it in writing or something so that, you know, she had time to process it before, you know. Writing is a good one. He should have, I mean, he's a writer after all. Mm -hmm. Maybe he should have written her a nice love letter and said it in Mm -hmm. that and then she's got time to process and respond rather than just putting her on the spot and then walking away like a butthurt little toddler of you mm. didn't do the thing I wanted. I'm so angry at you now and staring, storming off when mm. he hasn't actually given her a chance to, to process it all. It's like, Dan can yeah. go get fucked. I'm on Serena's side all the way in this episode. She's actually acting yeah. like a, a regular human as opposed he's to... He's definitely um, not communicating very well. Absolutely. No, he's not. He's definitely he's not, not communicating. No. And then we get like a sad little montage and Blair's crying in the park. Um just the flashbacks of all the moments that they've had together because it seems like she's lost both of them. She's lost Nate yeah. and Chuck because Nate doesn't yeah. want to see her and Chuck, she told off and 
obviously doesn't want to see her ever again. Well, you see. I like the little montage because we get a nice piece of music and then it cuts to Eric listening to said piece of music uh, mm-hmm. before Serena mm-hmm. interrupts. Very cute. Great, and great cinematography. Kind of says, I'm, I'm the worst. He said these nice things, but I can't trust him because obviously he broke, broke his word. And Eric points mm-hmm. out, little siblings listen to older siblings' conversations. That's just yeah. how it rolls. I have listened to your conversations many, many times. And I like yeah. the way he says it, like, so matter-of-factly, it's like, what has he heard? Yeah. What has he heard yeah. from Serena? <laughs> like, she's had some interesting conversations. The fact that he's like, what do you mean you didn't even realize? Like, I wasn't subtle about it. Like, Oh, she was high. It's it's fine. <laughs> this is during her, her pre, pre-down phase. phase. Yeah, this is her party girl phase. Um, and he does also point out that one of the reasons why she's feeling uncomfortable about it is because of Lily. That mm. regularly he is, um, guys say, Lily, I love you. And then they get married and then they get divorced. And that's happened a number of times, uh, yeah. which I'd like to see. I want to see some of these men in Lily's life. I want to go back well, and stick in the series and you do. I'm good. I'm good. We'll try. So only another seven <laughs> seasons to go. Yeah. Only seven seasons before I meet one of uh, maybe Eric's dad. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Blair, super sad, heads to a Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. painting and uh, finds Chuck sitting at the bar mm-hmm. just drinking. And he's like, Congratu- she's, congratulations, you've ruined all of my relationships and now I'm stuck with you. Yeah. And, and then, he- oof he can go fuck himself for what he says here yeah well okay yes he can but remembering he's hurt and who is he protecting at this stage by being like why being so mean to you just watched moulin rouge recently right what does satine do to uh uh oh my gosh Christian christian to protect him she lies to him about. She can. She, she can. Let's try and rework this. She convinces him that she lies. doesn't. Yes. She doesn't love him, mm-hmm. so that. He, so he won't be hurt. Yes, perfect. When she dies. So what? Yes, okay, but we didn't. I didn't need that part. But Chuck is being mean to Blair mm-hmm. to convince mm-hmm. her that he doesn't love mm-hmm. her because. He's trying to save his friendship with Nate. Oh. But he does love her. I see. All right. That makes more sense. I thought that he was still just angry at her and he was pushing no. her away because I... All right. That makes... Okay. Because he's trying to save his friendship with Nate. That's understandable. Yeah. Because, like, bros before hoes a little bit. But also, like, he's been friends with Nate, like, since. Yeah. Like, as we've said, like, they've grown up together. Yeah, so, I I think you you're know. right because there is a potential that Nate could eventually forgive him, but if he mm. is with Blair, Nate will never forgive him. Yes, because I thought it was more of a reputation thing for him and for Blair Might be as well. A little bit as as well, but I think it's I, I personally took it as more of a um yeah like he's trying to salvage what might be left of his innate and to, to do that he had to do a, a henderson style harry and the hendersons another also so like moulin rouge used it harry and the hendersons the crossover between those two is a, a wonderful thing and everyone should go see right rife with crossovers 
Uh, yeah, I, um, I agree yeah. with this. Headcanon accepted. Do 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 do. Headcanon accepted. So she is very sad about this uh, and leaves, but he's also yes. sad, and this is why yes. everyone is sad in this episode. Um, yes, Chuck is sad. Blair and is sad. on this news, she heads home and goes to Eleanor and basically says, "I need to go to France immediately. I need to start. Yeah, for I need a to semester. Start a, for a semester, and." I the the palpable anxiety that she is feeling. It's like she is going to implode. Yeah. Like everything has been taken from her right now. And yeah. so this is I the heart goes out to her, honestly. Because she has yeah. no coping strategies or all of her coping strategies have now become even bigger Healthy problems. Healthy coping strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and you know what? Suddenly Ele- well, Eleanor, suddenly I have this huge amount of sympathy for Eleanor as well, because Blair Ice Queen Blair keeps everything close to her chest, never opens up to Eleanor, and suddenly her daughter is coming to her and saying, I need to go to France today or I will die. Yeah. And has no idea what's going on with her. Doesn't know about Nate, doesn't know about Chuck, doesn't know about Serena, just knows something is going on and not what to do. And props to her goes, we will get you on the first plane. I will get you out of this city. Well, it's even though the levels are really interesting here as well, that like, Blair's not one to usually give up the literal high. Like, if you look mm. at a lot of the scenes, she's on a higher stair or she's, like, always above people and she's, like, on the floor kneeling in front of her mum. It's like, yeah. she's the little girl again. Yeah. Oh, it's just, this is just so heartbreaking. I mean, heartbreaking for yeah. Blair, but also for Eleanor, just to know that your child is in that much pain and not be able to do anything to help them. And the only way to help them is to have them go across the other side of the world, away from you. Yeah. And so that's oh, yeah, it's tough, and not even understand why they're why they're in pain because they won't tell you. Just you know, you've got to help them yeah. anyway. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we go back to the school where Jenny is starting to move up the ranks as well. They've found a new, a mm-hmm. new serving girl, a new Jenny, the new Jenny. Yeah. This is Elise, Elise, I think. Elise, yeah. yeah. Little E. Oh. I love that. The, I the love chores, initial names. Uh, little E instead of little J. It's like so. St- when Blair called Serena early and it's like, hey, S, it's B. It's like, you've got caller ID. She knows it's you. I love it. I'm going to start calling everyone. Oh, you can be Big J. I think we've covered this and I think you'd very, in, in certain terms, told me no. I, I, there was a, uh, oh, that's right. I was running a game the other week and um, there were a couple of other Jeremys at the table. So one of the character, one of the players decided to name their character Big J instead. So we've encountered a Big J. <laughs> I think they were a dwarf, if I remember correctly. Oh, Maybe I love that. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Chef Kiss. No, I yeah. love the irony of that. That's beautiful. Of course I love I those names. Who was, I've had another character who had like a name of like, it was like, you know, Lord Strong Rock, the like abdominal, I don't know, some like huge name that it turns out to be this like gnome wizard who's like the squishiest. And it's like a name they inherited from their family and they're like, oh, I did not choose my name. <laughs> I love, I love that. I just, I, uh, such a sucker for that. Oh, I'm a great believer, but that adventurer names are not actually their real names. That adventurers' names are the ones they choose for themselves when they want the bars to sing about it. So you always pick like a really cool name or something that yeah, okay. fits. Um, I was speaking with um, uh, Dante from Arkenforge uh, for, for a little plug for Arkenforge there. And he was saying that he always names characters after um, something about them. So like the arch will be called Arrow. 
Yes. And it's just this yeah. this little thing about them. And then you have, well, what is an arrow? An arrow is really sharp. An arrow goes really fast. And you kind of build the character yeah. around that. But I can see that of being, of what the characters themselves would do. That they're like, no, That's my hero cool. name is Arrow. My Superman name, my superhero name is Hawkeye kind of stuff. And that's the name that everyone knows them by. But their real name's like Reggie or something. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm so down with that. I love that. And Definitely my last character had, oh, I'd say. There you go. I'll just never get through this episode. No, it's fine. Okay, okay. We'll save this for a... Going back to names, uh, Bex returns and comes back to see Rufus. Um, and <laughs> there, she's somewhat, some for some reason, charmed by him and even says it. And honestly, this is the most shoehorned in storyline uh, in at all. It's, it's like awful. Just, it's so it feels like the actors don't even believe these lines. No, no, and look. Again, no show is 100% perfect. And that doesn't mean even like, you know, the great composers of the time that wrote literal masterpieces, you know, there are imperfections in them. So, you know, imperfections are what make true art, actually, in my belief. So. Okay, sure. I'm not disparaging the show at all and its quality. But I mean, this, this storyline was bullshit. Yeah, this storyline came out of nowhere and it felt like, well, they didn't have Lily for an episode and Allison's gone. So Rufus needs something to do. And we'll have, we'll introduce a couple of romantic plots in there. So when Lily comes back, he's got someone to be, yeah, it's stupid. I don't like it. It's, I like Bex as a character, honestly. Um, so far, because she's been in like four scenes and I'm pretty certain they were all filmed on the same day. But <laughs> as a foil to Rufus, not so much. Mm-mm. No. No. Um, and I, you know Rufus what I do and like? Bex doesn't sound right. It doesn't. It doesn't. I do like that she kind of says, "Cool, you can give me a call in two days, and we'll sort out a date then." And as oh. she's walking away, the phone rings, and it's Rufus, and he's like, "Yeah, so I, I, I'm bad at following orders. I just got to call." Not him really now. good at rules. Oh no, yeah. he says he says I'm bad at following orders. Oh. I don't know. I maybe it's just because she finds it charming, but I. That's pretty cute. Like, if she's down the street or something, that's not cool. But he clearly just went, cool, I'll call you in two days. And already had the phone in his hand to call her. I it's lovable and he's a scamp. Maybe. Maybe it's because I don't like Bex. I don't know. I don't know. I it's interesting. Yeah, that you, you don't like that because you don't like Bex and not Rufus. It's like you don't blame that for Ruf- on Rufus. It's just... Uh... Yeah, yeah, wow, well, there we go. Yeah. You could probably analyze that for a long time. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't like this Rufus. That's fair. It's, it, it's, it's, he's not that cool. Oh, he, but he used to be. Yeah. I mean, now he's, he's dad Rufus, but no, I still feel yeah. that the, the Lincoln Hawk um sex god days are not Good that far behind him thank you yeah. anyway we'll, we'll keep going yeah uh serena goes to dan and kind of explains well why why do you love me it's like what i mm-hmm. i need i need proof rather than yeah. he, he lists all the reasons including that she interrupts him and it's a lot of yeah. reasons that we are told that she does that we haven't actually seen her do that much 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, a little bit. Like the interruption thing, not so much. The laughing like a four-year-old, not so much. Uh, the fact that she never gives up on Blair uh, and will always be Blair's friend is is a nice one. I like that. Yeah. That it shows yeah. that he's really seeing into Serena's personality and what she sees is important. And I think because when um, there was the whole Dan, uh, Dan, Serena, Blair photo shoot day, I think that was yeah. the first time where Dan saw a bit more of the real Blair with like a couple of the walls down. So I think as much yeah. as Dan isn't team Blair, he's like, there's a good, this is why him and Chuck are going to end up being friends as well. Because again, they are very similar people. Yes. They just have all these walls up. Mm-hmm. So but see, so Dan's, Dan's walls are like in the loft where you can actually lift them up and they just get removed and he just kind of alternates who gets to see what because that's what he does. He's like, what situation do I actually need? Okay, cool. I'll show them this. Whereas Chuck <laughs> just has... Chuck, okay. is a, Chuck is a fortress. Chuck is oh. the hotel. A wall of force? These, yes. Yes, a wall of force uh, for the D&D spell. He just has walls of force all around him at all times. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I like that he knows what is important to Serena and sees yeah. that as a as a yeah an important that makes it's it important cute. to him. It's, it's sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if he'd led with that rather than being a whiny little baby uh, earlier. Well, Serena also needed to communicate because she heard him saying "I love you" and chose to ignore it. So this is a two way street. Like, yeah, but again, she just needed time to process she- it. So you can't yeah, just but she spring could have said in. that too. She could have been like, "Hey, like, just give me. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying where we are, but I, I just need a little bit of time. It's not a no." Hold on, I'm just going to write this down for future reference. No, communication I, is what it all comes down to. Communication, communication is, is what it all comes down to. Yeah, I want. I mean, it seems so simple when we say it. I'm wondering sometimes whether writers believe this or whether they just know that poor communication that creates drama well that too but yeah oh well. no great relationship broke down because of because of too much communication speaking of great relationships this is when we get that moment of someone trying to get on a plane as their love interest oh. runs desperately to catch up with them and have the tear, so teary heartfelt mm-hmm. moment of mm-hmm. telling all no airport security though no airport security. Well, this isn't even an airport. Where in this no, case, it's a pier, a helicopter pier. Which again, I said, if you keep watching the se- like the rest of the series, you will see this pier so many times. And do you realize where that? It's a helicopter that will take her to the airport. Yes. It's like, look, when are they going? LaGuardia or JFK? Either way, it's not that far by car. She does not need a helicopter yeah. to take her there. I mean, if I was getting, if I had the option of helicopter or cab or town car to, you know, an airport. I will take the helicopter. Also, maybe it's the fact that she had to get there quite quickly. However, we do know how she gets... We do know how (laughs) now how she gets around town so far. She just goes down to the the helicopter pier. Because it's not on top of the building. We know that the the top of the building is a a penthouse, so there can't be a helipad on top. This is down by the the river. Yes. Um, But Serena running to catch running to catch Blair and this is a good this is a good rom-com moment they're not actually a couple but they should be after this because she's saying when you left without when I left without a word how did you feel and you were going to leave without a word and I can't 
I can't do this. And Let she's like, I will be here to stay with you. I will be here. I will fight beside you. I will always be for you. And this is exactly what Blair needs when she feels like she's lost yeah. everyone, every element of a support network in her life. Serena yeah. is always there. And yeah. it doesn't matter. Again, she Serena's basically saying, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter who you sleep with. I will be your friend no matter what. Yeah. And that is exactly good what Good friend Blair Serena. Needs. Yeah. Good friend Serena. Yeah. Saint Serena comes through. Yeah. Girl power until they get shitty with each other again. Well, yeah, that's like three weeks away probably. <laughs> but there but is right that... now... I, at the end of it, I was expecting one of them to declare their love for the other one and they were going to make out. Because that's kind of what the... The running to the airport and then confessing feelings and then, like, saying, no, we'll do this together. It's, it is a declaration. Decla- declaration. It because feels like, love doesn't always have to be romantic. We had no, this conversation off air. It doesn't. But when you get this, this thing of, like, of... It felt like Blair had come out. And the entire... The entire school's like, haha, you're gay, that kind of thing. And now she's running away from it. And now Serena's coming and going, no, I'm gay too. And we'll be together. And this is the declaration of love. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've uh. been over before that Serena and Blair is not your thing. But the way it's set up, it feels like the writers are trying to make it a thing. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't agree. I agree with you, honestly, that they are platonic best They're friends forever. They're not a yeah. good fit at all. It's like if if Nate and Blair is a mess, then Nate and uh, Blair and Serena is just going to be like an apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but it feels like the writers are writing their friendship like a love story when they could just write it like a friendship. Friendship can be a love story. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong, but they're writing it like a romantic love story. Oh, okay. And that's a little weird. Like the fact that they get so You're angry the most when they sleep with each other as friends. Most important thing, though, is that it does have love. Because that's the most powerful thing in the world. Yes. All you need is love. All you need is love. A girl doesn't have to eat. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's that's dark with Blaise Bulimia. No, well, it was trying... Don't worry. I was... I know what you were doing. I know what you're doing, but... Damn. Don't um, try and start an impromptu sing along but No, sorry. I need, I can't pay the we can't pay if the rights would, needed for the elephant love medley, so we're not gonna if, do it. If anyone would like to see an extra Patreon that is a karaoke edition. Uh. <laughs> so I we're wrapping up the episode there because that's it. That's all. Hmm. That's all of it. Um we've yep. done really well for time for once. Uh possibly. We're getting better at this. We are. We are not <laughs> 13 episodes in of an 18 episode season we're really actually finding our stride uh thank you everyone for sticking with us so long but there is one last thing that we do on this podcast uh before Mm -hmm. we end it when that is pick a um character from the show that we've just watched to make into a player character or an npc in one of our games uh Mm. and honestly i did not have one for this episode so i'm going to come up with him right now and throw it over to meek uh to do before me well, I was thinking I was going to go with, I don't think I've chosen him before, but I now I'm saying it out loud, maybe I did, but I was going to go with Rufus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've chosen Rufus again, before, as I don't that, think you have. As the NPC, because mm-hmm. I don't think I could play Rufus. Oh, you're uh, thinking of making him Bob and the Goblin, aren't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I guess he's not even the particular, he's not a NPC. This is more a, I would make Rufus the NPC as a homage for every dungeon master out there that has made a throwaway NPC that has become way too, like, critical and popular in your group than you anticipated, and then you've had to include them and had to continue their storyline, despite the fact it was so, so flaky and thin and two-dimensional. Um, so to all those DMs that have suffered that. You salute them. I, oh yeah, I forgot this wasn't a visual medium. I salute you. And I'm giving you Rufus. Those are the characters that you have to kill, honestly. As Who do you have master. to kill? Who has to kill? When you have a character, an NPC, that the party absolutely adores and you really need them to hate the villain, that's when you kill that NPC. Or is it just when you want to stop playing that NPC? Because There's that too. <laughs> Yeah, there's a moment in um, there's a moment in the Critical Role, um, the the Vox Machina campaign, when when the Chroma Conclave attack, uh, spoilers mm. for Critical Role, I guess, and um, uh, Sovereign Uriel Tildore gets killed, mm. and it feel felt a little bit like Matt didn't like this character anymore. And he wanted to shake everything up, so mm. kill that character. And that way you yeah. know it's serious too. And that's kind of where I'd see having Bob and the Goblin getting killed too, or Rufus Humphrey in this version getting killed. Uh, now I am going to pick someone different. I am going to pick okay. um, uh, Elise, the character that has not okay. been introduced before. Uh, and I okay. think it's like one line. And this yeah. is a shout out to all the NPCs where I'm like, yeah, and this person's also here. This is, yep. the, this is the NPC where you're like, oh, shit, they need, like, three guards. Uh, I guess I've got names for two of them, but I didn't need another one. All right. Um, yeah, they're there. Yeah. And they get a line, and you're like, no, it's okay. You're like, sure. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I this was a this was a drama-heavy one and didn't really feature too many characters or no. really anything that I haven't said before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a difficult one to find that. someone. But yeah, I feel that the NPC who's yeah. just kind of in the background and isn't there a lot of the time and you're just like, sure, character. And yeah. like, the character that yeah. you keep recurring, the ca- uh, similar to Bob and the Goblin, it's not that the, yeah. the party latches onto them, it's that it's easier to include this person you know a little bit about than it is yeah. to create someone new every time. Yeah. The uh, narrative uh, conduit. Yeah. Like I do I do feel like having a DMPC that does travel with the party for certain times is good to just be like, oh, you need narrative? Here, let me give it to you through this character. Yeah. Uh it's very handy. Yeah. So nice. that that is the episode uh for this week. Um thank you for listening. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify where you can leave us reviews as well. Uh if you really want to, there is a Patreon. Um, so if we get five subscribers, then, uh, we have to do a Moulin Rouge episode. Was it Meek? Was that right? I think it's just musicals in general. Like there's okay. just so much, unless it's going to become a series in which case, I mean, I've got so much for us to go through. Yes. So, but... uh, yeah, head over and subscribe. I haven't set it up of how much it is, but any subscriptions will get, will get you the rewards hey. of, uh, of musical episodes. <laughs> <laughs> or if, if you, you just want to punish someone else and, yeah. and then force them to listen to it that's also like we'll take spite donations it's true that's fine if you just want to spitefully you know what if you want to give us money 
Um, and by that, I mean, give me money to do spite filled episode, m- musical episodes of, of D and D and TV. Please do. I, I would yeah. hate it if you did. So do we it. Double dare you. Yeah. Double dare yeah. you. Uh, if you just want yeah. to hassle us on Twitter, the podcast has a Twitter account, which is at DND and TVPOD, uh, same for mm-hmm. Instagram. But if you want to send emails and say how amazing it is, uh, then it is DND and TVPOD at gmail.com. Uh, Meek, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find my Wordle updates on Twitter mm-hmm. at blushing underscore bard. Or if you want to see some actual D&D content and like... I don't know other stuff that I do. Uh, Instagram blushing underscore bard, but check out my Wordle score. Are you are you wordling? I don't even know what Wordle is. <gasps> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you in off there. Anyway, if you're into Wordle, check it out. I my Twitter is now just a dedicated Wordle account. Wonderful. Best way to really help us, um, apart from Wordling, I think this this is how it off it it is. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends if you got D and D friends who are into random shows like Gossip Girl uh, and the other ones, please share us uh, with them. If you just like listening to us talk and banter on and bullshit for an hour and a half or longer, three hours in most cases, uh, yeah, recommend us to them as well. But until next time, uh, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, and may all your hits be crits.